You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast featuring the introduction and plenary session of the Relationship Over Rules Parenting Summit 2014. Today's uh, Parenting Summit is actually our third major parenting seminar. You know, in the past four years, we've already had uh, two Uh, two in the past and now we are you know uh, celebrating because ito na nga, uh, we have come up with another one an opportunity for each and every one of us to learn I've uh, we went around we saw some people you know we shook their hands and seeing them yung iba halos kasi ngidad namin o kaya mas mas alam niyo na you know but uh, they're here they're committed you are all committed to get impartation you know Just to give you uh, what's going to happen for this morning, uh, we will be having our plenary session. So lahat po tayo nandito. And uh, this will be done by none other than our senior pastor, Pastor Ariel Marquez, and of course with his wife, Shirley Marquez. Before I move on, and I'd just like to share a, a, a short, short story okay, of uh, this little boy. Back in 1971, there's this boy uh, who's about five years old, and uh, he was in, her, in his, ano, uh, he was kindergarten, okay, kindergarten, in a school in Manila. And uh, during his days in that school, familiar kaya kayo dito, there was this drink back in the 70s, yung Chocovim. Okay, predecessor ito ng Magnolia Chocolate. Okay, for those of you who were born 80s or 90s, hindi niyo na to aabutan. But this drink was so popular back then in 1970s. Okay? And then, okay, listen up, listen up. Wala pa tayo, sandali lang. 1970s. Okay, nung, nung yung classmates, itong boy na ito, they would always go out uh, of their classroom during recess time to have this chocovim. And then this boy got intrigued by, you know, what is this drink? So he committed, you know, he had made a commitment. Sabi nga niya, bukas I'm going to drink Chocovim. So the following uh, day, the following morning, he asked for money doon sa kanilang helper. But the helper gave him one centavo. Okay, may one centavo pa unong araw. Now, uh, having that confidence that, you know, I have money and I'm going to buy, during recess time, paglabas niya, mahaba ang pila, he went on to give that money. And then, sabi nung, nung tindero, he just... Show him away. So he felt that rejection. And samana loob niya because number one, he was so excited to drink this drink, and then, yung feeling of rejection. Let's let's be very careful, ano, that uh, you know during the time that we are raising up kids in a very critical season, na hintayo mismo dapat hindi tayo nagre-reject ng mga bata. But anyway, uh, felt bad, he cried, he hid behind the wall, and uh, siguro for five minutes he was crying. But later on, he he said. You know, nothing's gonna happen anyway. I'll just pretend that I that he uh, drank that uh, chocovim. So he went on to tell his classmates, "Ang sarap." He went home, samanang loob, told his mother. Now the following day, he again asked money, but this time from his mother. And uh, his mother was in a hurry, but when when the boy was, you know, he was pleading, "Please give me money." She turned his back and then uh, attended to his to his child. And then gave him a lot of coins. That boy, in the same day, he he uh, what you call this? He bought the chocovim. Kulang na lang sabihin niya dun sa tindero. Mm, ayan, sige. Mm, wag na lang. But anyway, he was able to buy, had this drink, and he felt encouraged. That boy, in the same year, he graduated. 
you know, but he did not graduate with honors, he did not graduate with medals, no nothing. But he graduated really encouraged because of that one little thing that his mother did. You know, when he went up the stage, walking down those circles, he bowed down and then he said, I am Master Salvador Peña III. Just going out very, very confident, really confident. And up until this time, this guy, he's almost 50 years old. He already has his own family, raising up his own little kid. Kids pala. Not little, but kids. And he remembers that very thing that his mother did. I'd like to call now Pastor Ariel and Miss Shirley. But before I go down, I'd like to introduce myself. I am Master Salvador Peña III. All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Wow, this is so encouraging. Thank you, Pastor Chico. Hi, Good morning, everyone. love. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Okay, wow. Palakpakan natin yung mahal ko, kasi misa lang siya nasa stage. Normally, nasa upuan din siya kasama nyo. But it's really an honor for me and for all of us, actually for both of us, to be here uh, teaching this uh, plenary session. And uh, I believe that all of you are really making a great investment in uh, spending this time and little finance in order for us to be able to uh, raise up uh, our, our children in the ways of God. Okay, and so uh, uh, all, all the fathers that are here, can, can you just uh, stand up right now? All the dads, if you are here, please stand up. Palakpakan natin naman yung mga tatay na to. Wow, come on, you can do better than that. We want to honor the fathers who are here because, you know, that really speaks a lot of your uh, really taking the time and uh, putting importance and priority in this. And, you know, uh, you, you know, you can actually be doing a lot of things today like playing golf or riding a bike or doing some personal stuff or maybe in the office, but you chose to be here. So thank you. Thank you for being here. So uh, once again, uh, give them a hand for that. Thank you. You can, you can sit down right now. Uh, I think the moms are just natural for parenting and so uh, we also want to honor every mom who's here uh, even the solo parents that are here so um, if you are a uh, if you're a mother can you please stand up right now Sino mga mothers dito? okay mothers yung buntes mother na rin yan, di ba? I mean even if you're uh, still expecting we want to thank you because I think, you know, I, you know, my wife will agree with me on this, that it's just so natural for moms to be moms. Ang mga daddy, kailangan turuan maging fathers, okay? And so, uh, kayo, we just salute you. Thank you for being who you are and the investment that you also put in in the home. So once again, thank you so much. Give them a hand. All right. You may be seated. Uh, of course, I'd like to introduce uh, my wife of uh, almost 25 years. Uh, her I know that she Hello. looks 27, okay? And we married at the age of two. I know, you know, just kidding. Uh, but uh, really, it's an honor for me, love, to uh, stand here with you and teach with you. <laughs> love you. Okay, anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Shirley's a uh, full-time housewife, and uh, you know, one thing that I'm really grateful for the Lord for her uh, is that she basically gave up her job when she, uh, when she was uh, even before we had a child, right? 
when you're pregnant? When I conceived, yeah. Uh, so when she got pregnant, uh, basically she said, she made a decision, I'm just gonna be a full-time mom. Sabi niya sa akin, love, bahala ka na sa amin. Yeah. And uh, no turning back naman yan. And so um, it's, uh, it's been God's grace. Alright, can we just uh, open up with a word of prayer so that we can just uh, welcome the Lord. Your Father, thank you so much for this time. Lord, this is such a, it's a great moment today, Lord God, looking at all these parents. Uh, and even some of the uh, singles that are here as well, Father God, we thank you for this opportunity for us to learn together to grow together. Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, you would impart to each parent, Lord God, uh, an urgency, Lord God, and a deep, uh, Lord, uh, a deep desire to be able to see their children grow up in the ways of God. Father God, we all come from different uh, culture, uh, backgrounds and, uh, Lord, I, stages. I thank you, Lord God, that you, Lord, may the outcome of this uh, summit be that of hope, encouragement, and that of grace. I thank you, Lord God, that even though we're not perfect parents, we serve a perfect God. And you are our Heavenly Father, God. We thank you that you are a Father who's perfect. We thank you, Lord God, that you've shown your love for each and every one of us, Lord God. We thank you that you are our in, uh, great model, Lord God, as a dad. And that we commit to you this time together. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Amen. All right. Um, okay, let's uh, begin. Actually, this is um, uh, actually our picture. It's uh, kind of like... Uh, uh, those uh, high school pictures that you can see. We're not just act we're not actually taking a picture of ourselves. We're taking the picture of the tree, no? Because it's more the puno kaysa sa amin, no? So, uh, you know, so I, w I just want to show that, that out of this 25 years of love and marriage, God has blessed us with three uh, lovely girls. And um, for for many of you, you know that we have an adult child uh, already, not a teenager, but an adult. Basically, she's uh, 22 years old. She's Bea. <laughs> And uh, she's working already. Maybe uh, I'm gonna talk about her a little bit more later, uh, and how the different stages is uh, uh, being appreciated in our home. No, makakaya age nila. My second daughter is uh, Anna. She's now nine, and my youngest is Andrea. She's seven. And um, maybe some of you um, haven't heard that we also have a son, uh, but he is now with the Lord. No, he's uh, in heaven. His name is Jerome. This is uh, Jerome, and he was uh, eight years old, I think, you know, uh, seven, eight years old. He passed away eight years, uh, sorry, ten years ago. He would have been 18 uh, years old already, and uh, so we, you know, we had the privilege of also raising up a boy uh, for, uh, for eight years. And so that's also part of our story and part of our testimony, okay? Um, allow me to just go ahead and uh, share to us um, the, the text for this morning. All right. In uh, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, this is actually the scripture uh, or the text uh, regarding Abraham. Uh, and it says, uh, For I have chosen him, and God was uh, the one speaking here, For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. And so this is going to be uh, the main text that we're going to be camping on this morning plus one text from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, later on, I'm going to ask Shirley to also come in and share some uh, experience and some of her thoughts uh, when it comes to parenting. Okay, so para mas maganda yun. I think uh, we get to share 
uh, personally uh, our experience in the area of uh, racing. And before we start, of course, we're not here to tell you that we have uh, perfect parenting skills. Okay, we're actually learning along the way. Uh, siguro na unang lang kami sa inyo yung iba yung iba naman as advanced kaysa amen, no? Uh, as you have seen, we have varied ages for our children. We have a 22-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 7-year-old, and so. The way we relate to them is now a bit different, okay? And uh, the reason why we have broken down this group into uh, five different groups is because each stage is significant. And I know that for each particular stage in your child's life, we can actually enjoy that stage. How are we here this morning? And uh, there's no such thing as a terrible two. How many of you have two-year-olds? Please raise your hand, okay? Th th those are not terrible two kids, okay? That's a terrific two. I call it terrific two, okay? So even if they're discovering mobility and this, they're discovering, you know, uh, expressing themselves, I believe that you can actually enjoy that particular stage. Now, for those of you who have teenagers, don't worry, they don't want to throw you out of the house yet, okay? And how many of you, how many of you have teenagers here? Please raise your hand. Okay, how many of you know that that is an enjoyable stage as well? Hindi kayo makasagot, okay? Uh, that, but that's fine, okay? Because uh, we've gone through that and it's uh, actually, it's a very exciting season of them also discovering their identity uh, with the Lord. And so we're gonna have a session on that. And you probably noticed that your, your IDs are color-coded. Okay, you probably didn't notice that, okay? Pero now you notice it na, big sarabi ko, no? Yung, yung, yung lanyard, okay? Yung, the, the, yung tale, okay? So you have particular colors and the colors are assigned to specific rooms. And we're going to be introducing to you the speakers later on for each breakout session. Okay, so uh, we're going to have an exciting time uh, together. So, but allow me to just share this scripture uh, for us. And I have uh, read that uh, Abraham was chosen by God. Everybody say chosen. chosen. I believe that every parent here has been chosen by God to do the task of parenting your children. Abraham, before he was chosen by God, Isaac was not yet here. In fact, Isaac would come in the next chapter. But the choosing, the calling of a parent has been preordained by God. Amen. And he knew for a fact that we're not going to be perfect parents. Abraham was not a perfect parent. He did a lot of mistakes. How many of you will agree with me on that? A lot of crazy, stupid mistakes that he's done in the Bible. But yet God called him out to be able to raise up a child because he was the father of the nation, a nation called by God. And so when you talk about parenting, parenting is not about acquiring skills, although that is important. It's not about your, you know, your, your degree in college. It's not about your background, what kind of family you've been raised up in. You may have a perfect family in your eyes. You may have a dysfunctional family. It doesn't matter. I believe it's all by the grace of God. Amen. Parenting is by God's grace. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, parenting is by God's grace. Tapos ngitian mo rin siya. Yan, okay? May ibig sabihin yan. Can we all just say, grace, grace. I think we all need that. Okay? Okay. No, while, actually, while preparing for uh, this uh, seminar, 
I asked our daughter, uh, Bea, our adult, 22-year-old, I asked her, Bea, we're preparing for our material for the parenting seminar. Can you just give me, now that you're an adult, can you just give me at least one thing that we did right as parents and also one thing that we did wrong as parents? And then she started saying, oh, mom, it's not just one. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's not just one, you know, I appreciate that um, growing up, you've always been there for me, you know, stuff like that. Uh, our, I appreciate our simple dates, our coffee dates, even when um, making, you know, just shopping and all. And I appreciate that. And what, did, and what that thing did to me, I'm comfortable opening up to you. Our communication is so open that sometimes if I hide things from you, I feel terrible. I don't have peace, and I like that, okay. And then, and one thing that struck me when she said, growing up, you've shown me that our relationship is better than all my mistakes. Oh, I cried, I really cried. Aww. And then I said, okay, Bea, okay, enough with the good things that I did as a mom or as a parent. Okay, what's... At least one, I said, at least give me at least one um, thing that I did wrong as a mom. Sabi niya, ah, mom, there are also a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that only goes to show that we're standing here in front of you telling you that we are not expert, okay? Uh, the important thing here is our heart uh, is so, um, our heart is so, we want, our heart is that our, we want to biblically parent our children. And the fact that you are all here says it. So I'm so happy that a lot of you are really serious in disciplining and training your children for the right. next generation. All right. Thank you, love. Okay. Basta pasok ka lang ha. Mas marami kang sabihin sa akin actually. Gusto ko na umupo na lang makinig sa'yo eh. I'm actually learning a lot. Okay, um, so we basically this is uh, what we can find from the scripture you know, that God has chosen each and every one of us despite our inadequacies and despite our imperfection. And we will commit mistakes in parenting. Um, you know, uh, it, what validates us as we stand here before you is not because we have done everything right and that we have raised up perfect children. In fact, you know, uh, as they grow up, they're gonna commit mistakes. But it's, you know, it's, it's about us taking seriously the mandate of God to be the parent, to raise up the next generation. And so, when you, when you talk about uh, Abraham, what does it mean for him to be chosen? Number one is, he needs to direct his children, okay? And God has promised Abraham's family that it will be a blessing, not just to to the family or to his bloodline, but he will be a blessing to, to the nations, to many nations. And um, I believe that this is one area that we need to grow into, that as parents, we cannot be passive. As parents, we need to be intentional. Everybody say intentional. You know, I, you, know you cannot just watch your children grow and believe the world saying, let them be, because they will find their identity you know, they have, you know, they have been placed by God and they have been made by God. Who they are, yes, I agree with that, okay, uh, with that particular statement. But I believe as parents, we need to come in there and really direct them, not control them, but direct them. It's called, also, the, the picture is, you know, when you watch a movie and you buy a ticket, 
you know, you enter into a dark theater, you see an usher of the cinema having a flashlight, okay? And that usher will ask, ma'am, sir, where you sit it, and you'll, you'll tell them your seat number, and that usher will not take you by the hand and say, dito kayo, dito kayo, dito kayo, you know? You know, of course, that usher will just lead you by the flashlight, and he will actually direct you where to go, sir, this is your seat number, and you just proceed there. And basically, what we're doing as parents is in the same way, leading them by being a light to them, by setting an example to them, okay? And that's why, you know, being a, uh, a parent who directs their children, it's not about just directing them in everything that they, we, want them for, for, we want them to do, okay? Like, for example, if you are a lawyer and you want your children, all your children to be lawyers, you know, there's, uh, there's an area that, that we can direct them to a certain extent, but ultimately it God, it's God who will put a calling inside of them. You will not control them what they will be in the future, but somehow you will direct them up to a certain extent and God will take them from there. Now, when you talk about the relationship between uh, control and teaching, I believe that that is in your manual, control is when we tell them what to do. Okay, that's, that's part of your manual. You set rules. The more the child matures, the less control or external government he will need. But the influence or the teaching is when we teach them why they should do it and what's the reason why they need to do it. Okay, so if you see this particular graph here uh, on the screen, you will notice that if this is your, uh, the parenting style basically is uh, control and influence and this is the age of your child, zero to 20. You will notice that as your child is still small, your control is uh, at its maximum level. You know, because you are a parent and you're bigger than your child, you can control them what they, what they eat, what they'll wear, when they will wake up, what kind of friends they will have, okay? Of course, if you have a baby, you control everything. You control what time they will eat, uh, you know, drink milk. When they will change their diet, of course, you know, they will actually be like, Mom, change my diet. Okay, of course, if they're crying, when they go and change that. But somehow, you still control that. But as they grow up, you'll notice that your control should diminish, but the influence should increase. Okay? The influence level or the teaching aspect is increasing upon our children as they grow older. The reason why sometimes parenting can be confusing is because we, we want to control our children for life. That is not what parenting is all about. You don't control anymore your 40-year-old son <laughs> and tell him, take a bath now, my boy. I think it's, you know, we laugh, but sometimes we still have that attitude or that mentality that, you know, I am your parent, you obey what I say, yes. That is the first command with a promise, but the application is quite different. You know, now that my child is uh, 22, Sibeya is 22, no? I, last night I was asking her, what time are you coming home? I didn't tell her, come home right now. Because she's working and she said, I, I might come home late, Dad. But I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come home. Okay? And uh, she said, I'm going to come home at 1 or 1.30. And so I had peace in my heart that she's coming home around that time because I had to leave the door open for her uh, so that she can come into the house. But, you know, as a dad, I can't, really sleep well unless every one of my children are in their, safe in their own bedrooms. You know, but a, a part of me wants to control her, you better come home right now. I want to have dinner with you. But I can't because she's working already. And you know, what she can do is 
Dad, I'm working and I can I, I can come home. I'm gonna come home late tonight. And that's exactly what she did. I, can't, I cannot control her anymore. But I can influence her. And I told her last night, you know, I'm concerned about your health. I want you to come home because you've been lacking sleep lately. Okay, so the control is diminished as your children grow up. But the influence should increase. Are we getting it this morning? So that's the nature of control and influence. Now for my two little girls, for Anna and Andrea, nine and, and seven, they have no choice but to obey daddy and mommy. I control them fully. Yeah. You know, in fact, last night, they were saying, you know, Dad, I want to go with you. In fact, uh, they wanted to come to the seminar, but we said, there's no children's church there. And, you know, I want you to just rest as well because you've been going out every day, attending school, uh, waking up early in the morning, so I want you to sleep in Saturday morning. So we basically told them what to do. And that is what control is, okay? Now, you see that there are different stages in our children or in our parenting styles, okay? From infancy, infancy, sorry, infancy to childhood, that's zero to six, it is called the telling stage. Everybody say telling stage. The goal here is obedience. Everybody say obedience. We want to establish our children that they should be under authority. You know, you see little children in the malls or three-year-olds or five-year-olds in the middle of a grocery store or in the middle of a uh, of a store and they're whining and they're in, alam mo nag nagaalburoto nag sa tagalog you know they're actually you know they're throwing a tantrum okay thank you love they're throwing a fit okay they're throwing a tantrum okay and you know he wants something he wants a toy or he wants a certain thing in that particular store and if the parent would respond to that boy, you know, okay, I'll give it to you. Tumahan ka lang yan. Just stop crying. I'll give it. What do you want? What do you want? Who is the boss? The child is the boss. Who is the one in charge? The child. Who is the one in control? The child. Let me tell you, as parents, you are in charge. You are the one in control. You tell the child, if you don't shape up, I will ship you out. You know, ganun ka ano, no? But that's why at that particular stage, we need to establish control. That's the telling stage. They don't tell us what to do. We tell them what to do. Are we getting it? So for those of you who have young children, don't let your children run amok in the malls. Control, and later on in the, in the breakout session, we're going to talk about how to basically institute that in the home by putting authority uh, for your children. Now, the next stage will be children uh, aged 7 to 12. Uh, this is the, like the preteen stage, and this is what I call the training stage. Now, the objective here is not just authority. Hopefully, when we start early, we've established authority and obedience uh, in our children. But the objective of this particular stage is character development. It was a character development. So we're now focusing on character. We're now focusing on the deep things uh, of the Bible and more on this later on. We're addressing now the issues of the heart, not just behavior. Sometimes we can focus on behavior. It's, also, it's so easy to see behavior because behavior is external. But how many of you know that it's harder for us to be able to detect what's in the heart of a child? 
And that's why this particular stage, the importance is you're now focusing on character. More than the behavior, they may actually obey you and you tell them, go to your room right now. Yes, they may obey and comply, but if they go to the room and bang their doors and throw the TV, <laughs> how many of you know that they did not obey? They obeyed you physically in their behavior, but in their hearts, they're actually rebelling against you. And so at this particular stage, what you're focusing now is character. Everybody say character. Now the third stage is the teenager. Teenage stage. Um, for those of you who have 13 to 19 years old, this is what I call the coaching stage. The goal here is to basically teach them now personal faith in the Lord. You teach them the fear of God so that even when you're not looking, even when you're around, they can actually walk in the ways of God with very minimal supervision. And then, of course, the last stage will be the young adult and onwards, or maybe the adult stage. Okay, that's 20 and up. And this is the friendship stage. The goal here really is for us to train them that hopefully at this point, they can be independent of us and more dependent on God. The focus of the relationship, yes, they're still going to be there. They're still going to be your children. But somehow you're now training them that you're, you're easing out. You know, you're preparing them that one day they will actually go out of the house already. Okay, let's continue. The next is uh, to keep the way of the Lord. Basically, when you talk about to keeping, uh, keeping the way of the Lord, it talks about values. Everyone say values. What is worth repeating? And what are we holding on to as a family? And, and I believe that as a family, you can establish your own individual values in your own homes. There are general values, but somehow some values in the families can be unique, okay? Uh, some value dinner time. Some value being together. Some value outdoors. Some value, you know, I think most of us value the Christmas time together, okay? So uh, you, you can establish that uh, as a family, okay? Uh, uh, somebody once said, well, Gordon Hinckley, I, I quote, he said, home is the cradle of virtue, the place where character is formed and habits are established. So basically, uh, you know, the habits that our children would, uh, would have as a young child are basically formed at home and not in school. So the, the parents have the first hand in training them, in forming character, in forming uh, habits and values and disciplines uh, in, our, in our children. Okay? Some of the values that uh, we live by is, uh, just very quickly, not living a life of compromise, no double standards. Okay? Uh, we value communication in our home. We, you know, as a, as a, I know that uh, women are more talkative than men, and how many of you agree with me on that? Women normally talk about 25,000 words per day, and guess what? I have four of them in my home. <laughs> men talk about an average of 10,000 words per day. By the time I get home from the office, I am done. And they're just warming up. Okay? So I need to learn how to communicate more with my wife and with my girls. Okay? So this is one of the values that we have in, in our home. Honoring one another to actually create a culture of honoring and, and gratitude. Okay? Uh, respect is another value. Forgiveness. We teach our children how to forgive as early as 
you know, I, and you know, as, as parents, we also need to learn how to ask for forgiveness. And I have had the opportunity and experience of actually, you know, uh, kneeling down before some of my children actually saying sorry for what I have done. Guess what? It's one of the hardest things that you can do as a parent to humble yourself and admit that you are wrong. But that's the way to teach forgiveness. Because if you ask for forgiveness, and they can, they will easily give forgiveness. You can model that by actually uh, relating uh, between husband and wife. And let me just tell you this as well. You know, the best investment you can actually have in parenting is having a good marriage. The prerequisite to a good parenting is investing in a good marriage. And I believe that if you have a good marriage, it's like 50% of the time, parang done deal na yung, yung parenting. Okay? Next is uh, serving. Okay? We value serving and we also value uh, time. Yeah. So the third one, um, keeping the way of the Lord. The truth is we cannot uh, isolate our children from the lures of the world, but we can only insulate them from the world okay our job as parents is not to detach them from the world but to equip and train and nurture our children i'm going to give you at least four there are so many ways to teach values uh, to your children but i'm going to give you some practical ways what we do in our home um, the first thing is um what's this establish spiritual disciplines okay what a better way to start teaching your children values is through the word of god okay that's our number one spiritual discipline that we teach our children is to read the bible with all four children as early as six or seven years old the minute they the, uh, they know how to read we encourage them to read their bibles every single day it's like a routine i I would require them, even uh, if they cannot do it in the morning because they are early going to school, when they come home, I would always require them first to read their Bible and, and do the other stuff. But that's the most important thing. And one time, when Anna came home from school, I, I was just about to utter saying um, that she reads her Bible. She said, okay, mom, I know my routine. And I like that because it's establishing healthy spirit, spiritual habits early on in their life. And then I hope they'll carry it on until uh, in their adult life. The question is, as parents, are we doing it? So sometimes the best uh, example is when they see us, when, when they see us also reading and spending time with the Word. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, um, we explain also to, to them why. Um, teaching them the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs 2, verse 1 to 9. It's like, saying look for it the word look for it like silver search for it like hidden treasure we teach them the fear of the lord that the uh, is the beginning of wisdom and if wisdom dominates our life it uh, helps us to say no to the corruptions in our heart and the temptations outside they know that as early as what uh, prime primary age right okay 
Um, for those parents who have teenagers, I don't want you going home later and say, you read your Bible and they're not even saved. Don't do that, it won't work, okay? Um, we got saved when we were teenagers. The first uh, thing that our discipler taught us is to read our Bible so that we can grow spiritually. And the same thing with your teenagers. Encourage them to go and attend the youth service and make sure there's somebody uh, discipling or mentoring your teenagers. Okay, make sure you be involved in their life as well. Number two, um, create family traditions. Um, we all have a Catholic background. I know most of us have. Uh, and we see traditions in a negative way. But traditions are not entirely bad. In fact, they are a powerful tool to help us shape values in our children. In Deuteronomy 6, 2 verses 7 to 9, God is expecting us to um, pass on to our children our love for Him and He also expects us to do it intentionally. And the best way for us as a family, uh, teaching or making uh, uh, family values, family traditions, is during the Christmas season, okay? I'm so big when it comes to Christmas traditions, not because I want to do things that, you know, just to be busy. There's the principle for me is to emotionally and spiritually connect with my children, make sure they are engaged because most of us know that Christmas time is the most hectic time of the year, right? So we make sure we are focused on what's really important, our time with our children, especially if we have lots and lots of Christmas parties to attend to and our children are at home doing nothing. So it's our priority, even Christmas a season that our children spend time with us. I don't want our children to have the leftovers of our time. So I make sure I make traditions. We not purposely, no, not just to eat together or have meals. We do something together as a family. It's the best time also to to teach them about you know the Christ, Advent, the coming of Christ. And for you to know more about this, I want to invite all of you in our Christmas traditions this November. Okay, so we'll teach you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, so we do Advent. We, yeah, that's Jerome. That was year to 1990-something. I don't want <laughs> So, and then we did it, the first batch with Andrea, uh, with Jerome and Bea, and then now the second batch with Anna and Andrea. And they always look forward to that time together after dinner. So, all right. Number three, make time for family meals, okay? Love, you wanna read the, the statistics okay. <laughs> on having family meals? Pasa. Kids who eat with their families are more likely to have better eating habits, a healthier weight, wait talaga, and a more nutritious diet than those who don't. Family meals also reduce the odds of eating disorders, according to a study in the journal Pediatrics. There's more. When families sit down for dinner, children have better chance to develop important vocabulary and conversational skills. Older children and teens do better in school, are happier, they enjoy good peer relationships and they have stronger family bonds. Yeah, it's really impor important for us to have family meals, especially during dinner time, because I know um, the men here are working and you're out the whole day. 
So we, early on in our marriage, we made a decision to have at least um, four times in a week to have dinner together as a family, as in complete. You know why? Because we want, again, it's the connecting with them. It's uh, emotionally being engaged with our children. And we don't just, you know, sit down and eat our meals. And eat. We don't even watch TV when we're having a meal. We make sure that everyone is engaged in a conversation. So what we do, there's a purpose why we do it. What we, what we normally do, we call it a debriefing in our home. Um, we tell them, uh, we ask our children their high and low during the day, and also Ariel, um, a lot to tell <laughs> from Ariel. But usually our children from school and Bea from work. And one time, um, your, Bea uh, was so vulnerable telling us that she's uh, so tired at um, work. Is the boss here? <laughs> I hope she won't get fired. <laughs> no, because um, she's asked to do beyond what she's supposed to do. Uh, you know, job description um, at work. And then um, she's good in the creative side, but she's being asked to do logistics, like hauling equipment, driving for, for people. So, so she was, you know, kind of complaining. And then we told her, it's an opportunity for us to uh, to teach and impart also telling her, Bea, you know, just do more than what you're asked to do without complaining, do it for the Lord, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, it's a way of, of being connected again as a family. Okay. And then number four, uh, use stories to teach and impart character. How, we, how many of you here, parents, agree with, with me that children love to hear stories? Diba? <laughs> My children love to hear stories. I have a very colorful childhood. And every time I, I tell them about my childhood, they are all ears. You know, telling them, you know, I'm using those as an opportunity to teach character, um, like integrity, uh, being grateful, or hard work. I, I was telling them one time, I was telling them, um, they, uh, no, no, Andrea was complaining about the food on the table. And then here I go again, I told them, you know what, when I was your age, we would only have, uh, we were 11 in the family, okay? I'm the youngest. We would have um, five fried eggs on the table and rice. And then I would tell them, okay, do the math. We were 11 and we only have five fried eggs on the, on the table. How many do you think, or how much of the egg would I eat, you think? And then they do the math. Oh, mom, you, you mean half of the egg only? Yes, and we didn't even complain. And here you are, you have a lot complete with, you know, uh, salad and, and uh, meat on the table. And here you are complaining because you just don't like the food. So there, so they, oh, okay, mom. So, so things like that, simple things like that. We, we tell them stories about. I like, I like it when my dad would tell me stories growing up. My dad would tell me how life was uh, during the Japanese war. My dad, <laughs> so I was really uh, very in interested in hearing those stories. So I, we do the same thing with our children. I, I think Pastor Shani does that as well, right? <laughs> 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 uh, 
uh, during my grandparents' time. <laughs> um, um, for you, Dad, I would encourage you to read stories or pray for them at bedtime. It's so important, especially if you have young kids. It creates in them a sense of security and love, just your affirmation. And Ariel has been doing it for years since Bea was little. Now, you know, it's Andrea and Anna. But he's not doing it because he's the pastor, okay? He wouldn't he would say, okay, church, here is the text for tonight. He doesn't do that because, yeah, because, you know, he's always preaching. He does. <laughs> he does it because he's the father. He's just a dad to their girls. So that's one thing I admire in him, okay? I don't have to tell him, love, it's your turn. It, go read stories, you know, uh, tuck them in. So thank you, love. I appreciate that in you. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think that's it. Okay, so you can make up, you know, uh, there are so many ways, just like what I said. These are just some of the ways we teach values and uh, impart uh, character in our children. All right. Okay. The next, uh, thank you, love. The next uh, one is um, how do we raise up our children? Of course, the first one is direct them. Second is to keep the way of the Lord. The third is by doing what is right and just. Okay, so we have three things as parents that we are to do. Okay, direct the children. Everybody say direct. direct. Second is to keep the way. Everybody say keep the way. Keep the way of the Lord, not keep the way of the world, okay? And third is by doing what is right and just. And I believe that it is important for us to apply whatever we learn, Okay. Uh, parenting is being, as I said, it's intentional. It's being active. It's not being passive. It's doing things um, with, our ch with our children. Your life is the ultimate example of what you teach. How you live your life. What you say. How you relate to your wife. How I treat my wife is what they look at as a validity of what I preach in the pulpit on Sunday. Sometimes you would actually listen and sit in the service and, you know, Hopefully, it validates my message on the pulpit and how I live my life at home. We need to model it. How many of you know that more is caught than taught? <laughs> you may actually say one thing and do another. What will your children do? It's not what you say. It's what you're doing. Sometimes you wonder why there's a lot of little monkeys running in our home. Guess what? If you have little monkeys, go and face the mirror because there's a big gorilla <laughs> in your home that they're following. Amen. So, you know, we wonder why are they misbehaving? Why are they acting up this way? It's maybe because of the examples that we follow. We are to do what is right and what is just. We are to uh, be the one, uh, you know, modeling before them what love is. We need to be the one modeling before them what serving is. We need to be the one modeling before them what uh, character and integrity is all about. Kindness to the poor, kindness to one another, uh, honoring. You know, we, we treat even our helpers in the house with respect. We don't shout at them because we want to set an example to the children. This is how you treat people. Whether in the home or outside of guess what? They're, they're, they have feelings. You don't treat your mates like that. Okay, so we model it before them. It's not just a lesson that we prepare our curriculum for the year. It's, it's a way of life. It's a, li it's a lifestyle. Generosity. We model it before them. Integrity, respect. 
responsibility. You know, uh, you've probably heard this statement, rules without relationship will lead to rebellion. You know, we're going to talk about this more later on in, in the uh, breakout session, but really, we're not just establishing rules in the home. It all starts with relationship. That's why the whole theme or the topic of this seminar is relationship over rules. Rules are important. How many of you know that? Without rules, there's going to be anarchy in the home. Without rules in the government, without rules in the nation, there's going to be anarchy and lawlessness. But I believe that more important than the rules set in the home is the relationship first. We need to make sure that relationships are set because rules without relationship, as I said, will lead to rebellion. Now, if you have all relationships without rules, it will lead to sin. It will lead to lawlessness. It will lead to, you know, not obeying the Lord because there's so many, there's, yeah, the relationship is there, but there's no rule set. There's no discipline. And that's also a dangerous uh, situation. So there has to be a balance between rules and relationships. Even God sought out a relationship with us before He gave us His commands. Okay, that's why, uh, you know, we go back to this scripture. Okay. I have chosen him, I will direct him, his, uh, his children, his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. And ultimately, Abraham gave, uh, God gave Abraham a promise of a child. And I believe God has also given us a promise in our own homes. Now, let me just go and, and talk about, just very briefly, uh, that the parenting is also about impressing. Everybody say impressing. And, uh, you know, I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9. We will see here the importance of us having first a relationship with God in order for us to download whatever we want to our children. And it all starts, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when the Israelites were taught this, they basically declared this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is the Shama. This is recited every week, you know, every Sabbath. They did, the, the Jews recite this. They remind themselves that they are here not because of themselves, but because God is here. God is a faithful God. In, in Psalm 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. How many of you know that it is God who helps co-build with us? It is God's, by God's grace that we can raise up godly kids. It is by God's grace that we can provide for our children. Deuteronomy says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives us the ability to produce wealth. It's all about God. Amen. That's the first point. You know, we don't just do this because we don't want them to misbehave. We don't want to just do parenting because we want them to be the best children in, you know, in school. You know, they want to be, we, want to be honor, we want them to become honor students or we want them to be successful in life. But first and foremost, it's, it's really about God. Having a godly relationship, God goes first. In verse 5, it says, Love the Lord your God. Everybody say, Love the Lord your God. Amen. With what? With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Before God gave us rules, He establishes a relationship with us first. He did say about rules here first. He said, before the rules were brought down to us, it's basically a relationship between us and God. God loved us and we are to love Him back. Verse 6, then we proceed to uh, 
the rules. Okay, in verse 6 it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Basically, what God is saying, yes, we have a relationship, but I'm also going to give you some rules to guide you by so that you can actually live a life that is not just to, you know, it's not for God, it's for us. The reason why God gave us rules is because this commands, His word is life. It gives us life. It sustains us. And so as parents, this is the same pattern that we are to establish in our children. In verse 7, it says, impress them on your children. You know, if as parents, we have a relationship with the Lord, we can only give what we have. You know, we cannot expect our children to be raised up in the ways of God if we ourselves are not walking in the ways of God. That's the first step. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then God is giving us a command and He said, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. When you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, what God is saying is, talk about it every time. Talk about the Word of God, every opportunity that you can actually have. Give to them what is needed. But that's why it's, it's important for us to invest reading the Word of God. You know, we, we make it the point, me and Shirley, to read the Word every day. And we also somehow want the children to catch us reading the Word. We kind of, you know, if I'm reading in my own room, I kind of open the door so that my kids can actually barge in and catch us reading the Word. So that they will see, ah, okay, mom and dad are, are consistent with what they're saying. Okay, so this is very important. Impress or talk about them in every opportunity, whether you're driving down the mall, going to church, bringing them to school. You know, this is really talking about every opportunity. Before they go to bed, we find ways, you know, how to talk about the Word of God. And then in verse uh, 8, it says, Tie them. Everybody say, tie them. If talking about is not enough, the next phase is tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Be ubiquitous. Let them see it everywhere. You know, the Word of God should actually be there. I'm not talking about just having frames on your house, you know, talking about, you know, uh, this is a blessed house. Yeah, that's nice. You, you put that there. But it's actually living it modeling it. We are the living Word of God. We are the living epistles. We are the Bible that our children are actually reading um, every day. And in verse 9, it says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So that it's very important for us to establish this. Uh, now, practically, how do we impress this very quickly? And I'm winding down now. How do we impress? To impress is kind of like minting a coin. You know, a coin, uh, when you put a, uh, a mold, uh, that, that particular, for example, that silver in a mold, out comes a coin. And what you do is, when you, uh, the, more you, the more you talk about the Word of God, the more impressing that what you're doing in the heart of your children, it becomes permanent. That will be part of your children growing up. It will guide them. Okay? And that is the picture that we, that, that we see. Now, how do we impress? You see that from the scripture that we have read. First is we instruct. Everybody say instruct. Okay? When we say talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk, you know, it's, it's instructing them. And this is not the picture of instruct. <laughs> Sometimes as parents, you know, we instruct our children by, It's, it, that's not instructing. Okay? Instructing really is kind of like this. It's 
you know, looking at them face to face, having a close conversation with them, not shout, you're not mad at them. But it's really impressing on them, having a time of entreaty with their children. The way you communicate with them is important. It's not just what you communicate, it's how you do it. Instruct it so that it will actually come in there. And means that the tendency is separate as parents having, uh, you know, teenage kids. Sometimes we feel like they don't listen to us anymore. How many of you feel that way? You know, having teenagers can be tricky. And, you know, you feel like I'm losing my child. You know, the other week I was cleaning my, my cabinet and I found some letters of Bea when she was a teenager. One particular uh, Christmas, she was writing me a long letter and you know, she was just thanking me, you know, that I want to take the time to really thank you for what you've done. And she enumerated to me all these things growing up, what she's grateful uh, to God for me for. And the last line that she said, by the way, Dad, you're not losing me. I'm just growing up. And she said, I love you. Because I, I was a bit worried because, you know, that was the time when we were going through some, you know, changes because we lost a son, we lost Jerome, and then Bea's a teenager, and, you know, I was really wanting her to always be with her, but somehow she's also going through grief as a teenager, losing a brother, and I had to understand that. And so, you know, it's, sometimes it can be tricky. But I was just so grateful when I read this. I said, God, I thank you for the grace that you have given us as a family. That somehow the seeds that were sown when, when Bea was a young girl is still there. And is now growing fruit. You know, who knows? In a couple of years, she might get married. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, can't, I can't really say I'm ready. She's 22. You know, right? Come on, brother. <laughs> Encourage me, bro. Anyway. And... You know, she, she now has, uh, if, I, I'll say the B word, boyfriend, okay? I couldn't say that, but anyway, God help me. Because the deal was, when she was still a student, I said, Bea, don't have any relationship with, another, with a boy yet. You know, wait till you're, you know, after you finish school, after college, wait till you're working, then is the time for a relationship. So... After college, she went to us and she said, so dad, mom, is it, is it time now? You know, can I do it? I said, cool ka lang. But you said, you know, you said, you know, I now have a job, I now have, you know, I'm done with school. And I said, you're still young. And she went back to us, but how about you and mom? When did you get married? I said, 22. <laughs> but it was different then. It's different now. And so anyway, I can do all these things and I can actually justify and slow things a bit for her. But the reality is, she's an adult. And by the grace of God, whatever we have imparted to her when she was a young child, she was, she, she's going to bring that uh, with her. When she would now, you know, in, in a few years, start a family of her own. And hopefully, in the same way that we have raised her up, she will be raising up, uh, you know, her some, own kids in the some, same way. Sometimes now that she's an adult, sometimes... You know, um, when the little girls would disobey, I wouldn't do it right away. I, I, I wouldn't administer the rod right away. And then she's the one telling me, Mom, give her the rod. <laughs> so she, she's, uh, she's the one reminding us, give them the rod, Mom. <laughs> she knows the rules. She knows how it goes now. So anyway, so, you know, instruct is very important. You know, we, we see somehow, we see the fruit of our labor when she was a young girl. 
you know, I was not able to include her picture when she was a young. I was looking at her this morning and I said, wow, you know, time really goes so fast with our children. That's why we need to, you know, take an urgent uh, stance of really spending time with our children. You know, even losing a son. We lost a son. We only were able to spend eight years with our boy. So um, that's, that's tough. Okay, and so every stage in your child's life can be enjoyable. Enjoy that. Enjoy them when they're babies. Enjoy them when they're an, a toddler. Enjoy the time when you, when you when they're starting to talk and you're starting to run. Enjoy the time when they're going to school. You know, as a child, enjoy their teenagers, teenage teenage life. That can be enjoyable. Enjoy the time uh, as an adult. You know, now we're. You know, somehow I've readjusted the way I approach parenting on Bea because it used to be controlled, but now I'm more of influence, a dad, a friend, a coach, a mentor to, to her. Yeah, um, in, connection to, uh, in connection to what he said a while ago about um, making the most of your time with your children, I would encourage you, yeah, savor it and build memories with them. We only have a short time. He, Ariel used to just buckle up Bea in the car. Now he's um, buckling herself up and driving her own car. So time just flies so fast. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Anyway. Uh, next is to impart. Okay, in part is, you know, you, you know the, the tying them as symbols in your hand, bind them in your forehead. You know, this is basically mentoring our children. What they see is what they get, okay? Basically, they're going to copy, you know, who you are, your mannerisms, you know, how you walk, how you talk. They're just going to copy you. And I believe that you will look at them and you wonder, wow, sino kamukha nitong batang to? Diba, ikaw ang kamukha niyan, Okay. Wala nang iba, okay? You basically impressed that in them and you imparted the mannerisms, the fear of the Lord, whatever. Guess what? You can train your children positively or negatively. You may actually be passive, but that's actually parenting as well. Don't think that you are not active in child parenting. We are all parenting our children, whether active or passive. Whether we are teaching them the Bible or modeling before them the ways of the world, they are being imparted there and they're gonna follow us okay and the last is as i close institute institute is write them on the door frame you know it speaks of stability and structure there has to be structures and rules in your own home i'm going to talk about more of this in the zero to six uh breakout session right after this okay uh, yeah um i want to be personal here okay uh, so just between us. <laughs> um, you know... And damage just between us, 700. <laughs> you know, most of you know our story with our son who uh, passed away, right? I want to encourage you from um, the bottom of my heart, especially uh, dads, okay? Um, God gave us Jerome for only eight short years. And I'm thankful that uh, he, by His grace, He made it really full, well-lived, and filled with memories. So he died. We didn't have any regret saying, oh, if we could only, you know, just uh, did this or that with Jerome. No, we didn't have any of that sort because from the beginning, we took on the responsibility that, yes, uh, God gave us Jerome, and we didn't even know that he's going to uh, pass away. But, you know, 
from day one, we knew our, our, our heart is to really raise him the way God seemed to be raised. And it's a joy um, knowing that we've buried a boy who was heaven-bound. Heaven bound. Okay, I, I was looking at my, this is my last uh, uh, story. I was looking at my journal a couple of years after his death, and I wrote down here on parenting. Okay, this is my personal journal entry during my uh, devotion, and I want to share it with you about parenting. Um, I have not known a life of sorrow until I lost a child. I had lived an unfortunate childhood but nothing more painful than losing a child. To parent a child is a gift. It's a gift more than a responsibility. Again, it's a gift. Parenting a child is a gift more than a responsibility. It's an opportunity given to us by God to experience love in its purest form. That's my heart. So I want to encourage you with that. It's a gift. God gave us gifts our children. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, love. All right, can we just pray right now, and then I'm going to ask an application question right after. Father, thank you so much for this, um, this time with these parents. I just thank you that somehow we're able to share some things that they can uh, bring home. And Lord, we thank you for the grace that you've given each and every one of us, Lord God. Though we're not perfect, thank you that you are a perfect God. And we thank you that in every stage of our children that we can actually enjoy uh, that stage right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Let us know your views and feedback on this podcast through our website at www.victoryalabang.org. For more events and updates, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also download the Victory Alabang mobile app for Apple or Android devices. Stay connected.